Good morning, everyone, on this frosty morning. You know, weather is frosty, warm. God is always good, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe one day, maybe it might be this Christmas that we'll have a white Christmas. Who knows? Um, Because, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, growing up in a tropical country and oftentimes people sing, I'm, you know, dreaming of. No, what was that song? No. Christmas, you know. I was like, what, what, what are these guys dreaming of? What, what kind of, of nightmare is that? Because where I was, there was never going to be a white Christmas. It's not going to happen. You did that happen. Maybe that's when Jesus comes. I don't know. But, but you know, coming here and then I was like, it's still a dream, isn't it? For people in the South. I mean, maybe in. Scotland and all that, it's always a white Christmas, but I mean, I've been here quite some time. I have not seen <laughs> a white one. So let's, let's keep dreaming one day, one day. Uh, maybe that dream will be a reality, but who knows? I mean, we had a frosty Sunday today, so you just never know. Never say never be climate change now. You just never know what could happen. Anyway, good morning again. My name is Dio, and uh, it's just a pleasure to come before you this morning to bring God's word. And it's just amazing to celebrate Christmas, isn't it? And, you know, this morning, what a befitting way to start Christmas this morning. Imagine Jesus was born in 2022. Can you imagine that? That Jesus was born in 2022. Can you imagine what Twitter would be saying? Can you imagine what Facebook would be saying now? The Savior of the world is born. And can you imagine, you know, like this morning, I was, (laughs) I had to come here after and, and there was no room for me in that car. And I was just reminded of Jesus and Joseph and Mary. You know, Joseph and Mary were looking for a room for Jesus. And they couldn't find. Can you imagine that Joseph was calling Uber? Or perhaps um, radio taxi. Guys, I need a room for Jesus in Kire. And then Kire said, sorry, 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 Joseph. There is no room. And then... Call Freyam Hospital. I need no room for Jesus. And there's no room. And then they keep going everywhere. And it was this morning, I kept calling everyone. I called everyone. They were like, there is no taxi. There was not this. I'm like, and I had to settle for a manger this morning. And Johnny was my manger this morning. Because there was room for me in his car this morning. And that is amazing. What a way to start a Christmas story this morning. That in spite of everything, God always has us in mind. He always finds a way where there seems to be no way. And this morning, if you're in a place where you feel like, I mean, we've had a lot of prayers this morning, and you feel like, oh, I'm in this lonely place. I just want to say to you this morning that God knows where you are. God knows what you're going through, and God is always, always there to support you. And though it felt like Jesus was actually, you know, John, Joseph, and Mary must have been so discouraged that what's going on? This is the savior of the world. Can you imagine Mary saying that? Well, I thought I heard that this is the savior of the world. Can you imagine what Mary was going through at that point in time? That an angel appeared to Mary and said, this seed is called the son of the highest. And then she saw Elizabeth. And then the baby leaped for joy. And then she had several encounters. And there was a time to deliver this baby. And there was no room for her to deliver. But yet God had other things in mind. Because in that manger will come 
the savior of the world. He was born in a lonely manger. That is the beauty of Christmas. So this morning, I just want to talk about that. You know, another song I, I, I grew up with is always, It's the most wonderful time. Good. It's wonderful Christmas, isn't it? It's wonderful. But when I was preparing for this, Isaiah 9, 6 says, And his name shall be called Wonderful. Isn't it amazing that we talk about the most wonderful time of the year, and we don't actually talk about the one who is called the wonderful. And even this morning, this is a wonderful time of the year. Can you be reminded this morning that there's a God called the wonderful one? He's the one that came. If you check Isaiah 9, 6, it says his name shall be called wonderful. It's full of wonders. And we pray this morning. Oh, I just desire in my heart this morning that the prayers we have prayed that God has answered. We want to see the wonders of God in our midst. We just want to pray. I've always said, and, I, and, and sorry, I'm always this optimist person, that if there's no point praying if we don't want God to answer. Yeah, I love praying and then waiting, but the same that I want answers as well. I want answers. I want God to answer my prayers. I want, yeah, there's a place where God takes us through a journey of maturing. I get that. And I know there's a place for that. But that was a call unto me, Jeremiah 33, 3, and I will answer you. You know, so he wants us to call. He said, and they will search for me and find me when they search for me the whole of their heart. So God desires to answer prayer. And I pray this morning, every word that's been uttered in, on this, in this place, that we'll see result in our lives. You know, those people that have been praying for this morning, we, we trust the Lord so much this morning that you will see changes in Jesus' name. You will see changes. You will, see, you will come back here and testify that something changed, something changed um, in your life uh, this morning. So today, I just want to talk to you briefly about two things. Um, and it's actually the true meaning of Christmas. What exactly is Christmas all about? And there are two things I want to just talk about this morning. It's what is not the true meaning of Christmas and what is the true meaning of Christmas. And if I've listened to a lot of Christmas messages, oftentimes you always, you know, most Bible preachers always preach from, even the New Testament, they always preach from either Matthew or Luke. But if you look at Mark and if you look at John, oftentimes the Christmas message is not so pronounced there. And even interestingly, the person you think that should actually talk more about the Christmas story is John. Because John is a disciple that Jesus loved so much. And yet, for some reason, John just kind of didn't talk about what happened to Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth. And John just started before Christmas. And that is what we're going to look at uh, this morning. Can I just pray and then we'll just read God's word and then just a few thoughts of mine and then we'll pray. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, you are wonderful. And thank you for your wonderful heart in our midst, oh God. And I just pray every word that have been said this morning, I just pray, oh God, that you will show your wonders in people's lives, oh God. The wondrous works of our God. I pray that that will be evident in people's lives, oh God. And I just speak to your people this morning. I just pray that it will be a blessing to them, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So we're going to read from John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 1, uh, verse 1 to 5, and then we'll read 11 to 14, and then 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. So John 1, now if you look at John 1 and Genesis 1, I, I think that could be right. But I think those are the two Bible verses that started the same. In the beginning, in Genesis 1, and in John 1, in the beginning. So John took us back in time to what happened before Christmas. So what happened before Christmas? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was a light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So we'll go to uh, yeah, verse 11 now. Uh, his own did not receive him, but... To those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not, not of human decisions or of a husband's will, but born of God. The world became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 Timothy 3.16. Beyond all question, some Bible verses talks about beyond all controversies or without controversies. So the mystery from which true godliness springs forth. So great is a mystery of godliness. And what is this mystery? God appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. That is just amazing, account of what has happened. So, very quickly, two things I just want to say. So, what is not the true meaning of Christmas? So, there are four key things I want to say very quickly this morning. What is not the true meaning of Christmas? So it should be the next slide or so. All right, so the fourth thing I want to quickly point out this morning about that. Now, oftentimes when we talk about Christmas, we always talk about, you know, I've talked about being the most wonderful time of the year. And it's such a time where we receive lots and lots of gifts. Now, for those in a life group, you know that uh, my son David has been so optimistic with what he wants for Christmas. That's written a lot of ambitious things they want for Christmas. And in fact, if you have a chance, you can speak to him, and he will be so articulate telling you what he wants for Christmas. And he is so ambitious. And I'm like, no, not in a million years will you have all these things you've asked for, you know. But Christmas is all that time where lists have been written, where people want so much stuff. And People want things for Christmas, and they're so expectant because they believe that Christmas is that time they receive so much gift. But actually, that is not the true meaning of Christmas. It goes beyond that. 
the gift that we receive could be temporal. The gift we receive may not last forever, but there's a gift that came down from heaven. His name is Jesus. If you get John 3, 6, Therefore God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So beyond the gift, we must remember there's a greater gift that came down from heaven. John 15 says, Greater love has no man than it laid down his life for his friend. Jesus is the greatest gift a man can get in Christmas. There is no greater gift a man can get other than knowing the gift of salvation. So if you're this morning and you don't know the gift of salvation, may I just really urge you that beyond the best gift you can ever get, this gift is so important. This gift is far more valuable than the best gift you can possibly have. And that's a gift of salvation. So today, we just want to just implore you today. If you're not, and if you're watching, please, would you consider to just accept the Lord as your Lord? This is the best gift you can get uh, in Christmas. So it's not just about the gift. Also, I mean, after, so after church today, we're going to have food. There's traditional food. There's so much. In fact, you know, and a word of caution to everyone, can you make sure, please, waste to me is a crime. You know, there are a lot of people who are actually not having food to eat. So please, this Christmas, may you just make sure that whatever you cook, there's no point throwing so much away. There's, there's just not, I just, you know, the amount of waste people generate during Christmas is just staggering. And especially in this climate now. So please, just, just you know, just think about how much, you know, and hopefully today we don't want any food to be wasted as well. So please, if we've had enough and there's still more, take home. Because we don't want to throw things in the bin. There's no point. It's, it's just a crime. There are people starving and then people are throwing food away. It's just wrong. So wrong. So it's not just about the food. It's not just about, you know, feasting and dining and making merry. It's also knowing that Jesus is called the bread of life. He is the bread of life. Jesus called him. So there's a food that goes beyond. You know, when, when Jesus spoke to the woman uh, in Samaria in John 4, and then it was, they had this conversation, uh, and Jesus said in John 4, 34, he said, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. In John 6, when Jesus fed, uh, I'm not sure whether the four to 5,000, then they kept seeking him. And because they found Jesus as the provider of bread. And then Jesus said, why are you seeking me? Is it because of because the fact that I gave you food? And he said that you don't have to labor for the food that perishes. You see, whatever we're going to eat today, you know, the, the thing is that it's going to go through our system. And then we're going to have another food to eat tomorrow. Or even when you go back home tonight, you still have food to eat. So this food that we're going to have tonight or today can only do a lot of good for a time. But there's a food that comes from this word that lasts forever. And that is what Christmas should be all about. You know, Jesus is a living bread that came down from heaven. In John 6, 51, he said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats the bread will live forever. So there's a food that comes from heaven 
that sustains our life. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. And that is what happened in John 1. So Christmas is not about, it's not also about the amazing light. Oh, you know what, we went, we went um, on Monday, a few of us um, just went leafleting to people's houses. And it's so amazing just going to people's houses and seeing that different light. In fact, there was a time I stood in someone's house and said, whoa, this is amazing. I felt like just knocking the door and said, you know what, you guys have done a good job. You know, because the light was so fantastic. And oftentimes people talk about the light. It is not about the light. In five ago, there are a lot of different places that are just adorning so much beautiful light. And I love it. But that is not what Christmas is all about. It's not just about the light. It's about the light of the world. Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Beyond this light that we see, beyond the decorations, Jesus himself is the light of the world. And I wish people who live in darkness would see the light today. Because in where we rest, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the dark. And darkness cannot comprehend it. So there's a light that comes from Jesus. So if you switch on all the beautiful light in your house... Do you have the light of Jesus in you? Because that is a greater light that I desire in my life. Because these twinkles will keep twinkling, but there's a light that shines forever. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Matthew 5 said, we are the light of the world. So when you switch on those lights, remember that you are a light in the midst of darkness. And pray that, Lord, wherever you find yourself, may your light shine. May your light shine so much that men will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And lastly, it's not about the holidays. Oh, I love, I'm looking forward to the holidays because I love it. Because while I work, we're going to break up, you know, for a week or two. Yes. I'm going to have some time just to myself. And already I was like, oh, there's a lot of series I haven't watched because I haven't had time for it. I'm like, yes, finally, time to just sit down, relax, put the feet on and watch. And then I was, God just reminded me. So that is all you care about now, isn't it? You just want to spend your time just working. I said, I'm like, well, there's nothing bad in doing that. And like, let, me, let me be clear about that. But beyond that, how will you spend this holiday? How would you spend the time you've got in this season? Will you just spend it just on TV? Or will you spend it just having some time to worship? Some time to read God's word? Some time to, read, to write something to somebody? I was challenged yesterday by my daughter. Uh, we got neighbors. And then she wrote, of, she wrote of the most amazing letter I've ever read. It's just like seven lines. And I felt really challenged that such... An eight-year-old girl will even think of writing to somebody this Christmas to say, oh, I wish you well, and may the love of Jesus be with you. And I'm like, God, what can I do this Christmas to be a blessing to somebody? Duncan has talked about hampers. You know, 
We're not asking, but if that is something God lays on your heart, why don't you say, God, I want to bless somebody this Christmas. Go out of your way. Make something beautiful. So that when somebody who has that thing that you've done, sees like, wow, we did this. Thank you so much. Put a smile on someone's face this Christmas. Don't just say about yourself, oh, well, I haven't got enough. Yeah. But beyond that, you can still do something. You don't have to do too much. You know, sometimes love is not about how much you've done, but the heart behind it. So let it not just be about holidays. Let's go out to be a blessing to somebody. Which brings us to the second part of my message. So what exactly is the true meaning of Christmas? If it's not about the drinks, if it's not about the food, if it's not about the light, it's not about the holidays, it's not about the gift. So what else? What else can we talk about about Christmas? And the true meaning of Christmas is in 1 Timothy 3.16 and John 1 that we have just read. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Without controversy is that great is the mystery of godliness. And the first thing that was said there is that God was what? was made manifest in the flesh. If we check John 1.14, the Bible said the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us. This is the true meaning of Christmas. That the son of God became the son of man. That he can make the sons of men to become sons of God. That is the true meaning of Christmas. Because greater love has no man than to lay his life down. And so when Jesus came into this world, he didn't just come because of Christmas. He came because he knew a time is coming that he's going to lay down his life for us. Bible says in Hebrews 12, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. When Jesus came, when the word became flesh, and don't forget, if you read John 1, he said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And this word became flesh and dwelled amongst us. Jesus had to come to the heterem to be, to be able to save us from what God, from what has happened to us in the past. Paul mentions what the mission of godliness is and declares that it concerns the manifestation of God in human flesh. That he might save us from our sins. The Bible says that in John, it said, His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the Christmas story did not start on Christmas Day. The Christmas story started from Genesis. In the beginning, God. And then in the beginning was the word. And that word became flesh. And then we can see the glory of the word. And so when you think about Christmas, think about the fact that it is Emmanuel, God with us. The word has become flesh. And that word is dwelling amongst us. And that is the beauty of Christmas. Jesus did not start his existence during the proclamation of what the angel Gabriel said to Mary. But he only started his earthly life 
And so he was begotten. He took up a mortal body. He became human, but he was already God. God was made manifest in the flesh. Just pause for a minute and think about this. Christianity is the only religion that believes that the incarnation started, the incarnation happened, that God came in the form of man to redeem mankind from the jaws of the enemy. That is just staggering. It's just unbelievable that we have a God who would choose to save me. God came to save me. So when I think of Christmas, I'm not thinking of a baby born. I'm thinking of a savior that came to save me from my sin. And so I'm reminded of what he has done for me. And I'm just in awe of what he has done for me. There's no greater story than knowing that the word became flesh. And that word dwelled amongst us. And that's a mystery of godliness. Because if you look at the whole testament, the mystery, because when you talk about mystery, something that has been hidden. So when Jesus came, that mystery was unraveled before us. Because in the whole testament, like a savior will be born. A savior will be born. And then Christmas came and the savior was born. And that mystery became something that we now understand. That God was made manifest in the flesh. The word has become flesh. So what did Jesus bring for us? He said, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This morning, do you know your sins are forgiven? Do you feel like, oh, I'm not sure. If you're here this morning and you're not sure whether you're actually saved, may I just ask you to just know that if you have accepted Jesus into your life, you are saved. Because his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. If you wake up every morning, you are not sure of where you are, where you are. Please do not leave this place before settling down with God this morning. If you're not sure you're saved this morning, may I urge you to stay back and talk to somebody. We don't want you to live here feeling unsure of where you are. We want you to be so certain. I am saved. I know without a shadow of a doubt. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. Perfection is not the same. I've been saved. I'm saved because it died for me. But every day, you know, we've had several um, opportunities. We've talked about sanctification, justification. We've done a lot of series in the past that takes on the journey to where we are into maturity, but I, without a shadow of a doubt, I am saved. If you cannot say that this morning, we need to speak to you. We need to talk to you this morning. Because I want you to be so sure of your salvation. We don't want you to be... Salvation is not a feeling. I don't feel saved. I don't wake up in the morning like, ah! May my goodness, I feel saved this morning. Hallelujah. No. It is not a state. It's not, I, I, I don't wake up every morning. I know, I know I am saved. I know it. Because he died for my sins. So I am so certain that I am saved. 
And so when the enemy comes and puts things, he says, no, it doesn't matter. I can make a mistake, but that doesn't change. My daughter can make a mistake, but it doesn't change that I'm still her father. Oh, they make mistakes. They will make mistakes. I can't pray that they won't make mistakes. In fact, they will make mistakes after the service. <laughs> I can guarantee that. They will make mistakes tomorrow. They will do things that will make me oh, God, my goodness, what is kids? And sometimes God looks at us like this, oh, my goodness. Oh, Duncan, what a guy. Goodness me. But it doesn't change the fact that he is saved. It does not change anything. My father is my father. It does not matter. He is still my father. But you know what? He doesn't want us to always disobey him anyway. Because he always breaks his heart when we do that. He says, I love you. Do you get it? I love you so much. Why are you doing this to me? You know, the father is hot sometimes when we do things that is not right. Let's be clear about that. But it does not change the fact that we are still his children. And I hope I'm not contradicting myself. It does not change the fact that we are still his children. But the father always breaks. His heart breaks when we, we do things wrong. Because that is what fathers do. When my son or daughter does something that is not good, I'm not happy. But that does not change the fact he's still my daughter. Still my son. But I'm like, but, but please don't do that again. But that does not change the fact that you are still my daughter. And this morning, I want to say that to you this morning, that you are God's daughter. You are God's son. He loves you so much. It doesn't matter. The prodigal son went away. When the father saw him, the father forgot everything that he had done. He said, this is my son. He was lost, but now he's found. And that is how God looks at us. Oh, this is my son. He's back home. Let's deal with that. But what you did was wrong anyway. <laughs> but let's deal with that. So this morning, I just want to urge you this morning that he loves you so much. That was why he came. The word became flesh. And this is a mystery of godliness. This is a mystery of godliness. As I close, what would you do differently this Christmas? What have you done and what would you do differently this Christmas? Oftentimes people talk about oh, the dread of meeting families. Why don't you say this Christmas I will make a difference? Maybe before I go, I'm going to write letters to them, emails, text messages. Say, you know what, I love you. Oh, I'm going to pray and spend time praying for these people. I said, God, you are the one that owns the hearts of men. Will you soften this heart as I see them this Christmas? Lord, I don't want to leave that dinner hot. I don't want to leave that dinner miserable. I'm going to go to that dinner. I'm going to have the best of times. I know they will have the best of times. Lord, may you make this Christmas such a time that they'll remember me for good. Let this Christmas be a different one. Beyond the light, beyond the gift. Pray the light of God in people's lives. Pray that they will spread the gift of God. The joy of God. Pray that they will find rest 
in their holidays. Because many are doing holiday, but they are not in the place they call rest. And Jesus said, come unto me, or you will labor, or, or you will labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can have a two-week half and not be in rest. So rest is not a function of the time off. It's a function of who you are and what you believe in. And he's saying to you today, come into my rest. Um, I just want us to spend some time praying. Um, I'm not sure we have my after one time for some, but let's just have some time to pray. And um, I just want us to just, if you're in this place this morning, and oftentimes we don't ask people to raise their hand, but if, honestly, I just feel that if, if you're still doubting in your heart about whether you're saved or not, would you just, I mean, if you want to raise your hand, that's fine, but would you just say, God, yeah, I have doubt in my heart. Lord, there are days I'm not sure of who I am. But you are my father. You are my father. And that is all that matters. You are my father. You are my God. You are my king. And I love you with the whole of my heart. Help me, Lord, this morning. And if you feel that you're in that place where you feel like I'm not sure where I am with God. May I just hold you? If you want to raise your hand, you can raise your hand, but I just want to pray for you. Or you want to say, God, sometimes that days I feel like, am I saved? Am I not saved? What's going on? It is not a feeling. The work was completed many, many, 2,000, over 2,000 years ago. That was when that work was completed. So just said, Lord, today, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. So take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me, O God, this morning. Lord, help me to walk in the reality of who you are. Help me to know that I'm loved by you all the time. And I just want us to pray as well. Um, If there's one or two people in this place where you, Christmas for you is always like oh, a, a, a really challenging time where you feel like, oh, I feel lost, I feel worn out, or I've got this difficult family member that I have to see, I don't know what to do, I'm tired of it. I don't want to pray for such a person. If there's a, someone like that, we want this Christmas to be different. So if there's someone like that this morning where you feel like, you know, Christmas for you is always hard. It's always a season where so many wounds are opened, so many things are done, and, and then you then carry that over into the new year. May I just pray with you this morning? If you're like that, if you want to raise your hand, that's fine. Well, I'll just pray for you now. And I just pray if there's anyone here this morning that Christmas becomes a burden to them, that they feel like, oh, this is hard. Lord, I just pray for your peace over them this morning, O oh God. I pray may they find joy, may they find peace in you, O oh God. And I pray, O oh God, for as many that will rekindle relationships, sometimes relationships that they may not want to do, but they have to do. Lord, I pray for your wisdom like never before. I pray that, Lord, you will grant them wisdom. And I pray for those 
that you've had issues with in the past. I just pray that you will soften heart this Christmas. I pray, oh God, that you will speak peace to their heart this Christmas. And I pray, oh God, that may we know the joy that is found in you this Christmas. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray finally, I just pray the Lord, may we experience your gift, the gift of your Holy Spirit like never before this Christmas. May you give us rest. May we find rest in you, O oh God. May we know you are the light of the world. Beyond what we see, may we always remember you are the light of the world. We give you all the glory and praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.